I saw the leader that I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be someone that demanded respect because I feel like leadership is not something you can command or demand at all. It's something that, you know, people look up to you because of who you are as a person, who you are, you know, inside and outside the gym. And I wanted to be a good role model for everyone else. So I was like, if I just be myself and if I just, you know, be the best version of myself inside, outside of the gym, like whatever, I'm going to be the leader that I want to be. And I'm going to be someone like, I want to be someone that people can come to for advice whenever like, they need to, that they can trust. And I feel like I did that pretty well and I was like I know that I didn't my first two years here I didn't really have that person that I could look up to of like I want to be like her when I get older or I have a problem that I want to work through I want to go talk to her about it because I trust her advice and I didn't really have that and I was like I would want nothing more than to become that person my purpose in life is to leave my dent in the universe in absolutely everything I do as well as to inspire and help others do the same. For someone to leave their dent in my life is a privilege. For me to leave my dent in someone else's life is an honor. But to inspire and help others leave their own dent in the universe is an indescribable feeling. I plan on doing this through this podcast by celebrating my guests and inspiring my listeners all while leaving my own dent in the universe and helping others do the same. My name is Fer Andrade, and this is Denting. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Denting. I am your host, Fernando Andrade, and today I have a very special guest here with me, Nina Shank. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Super excited for this. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. I know we uh, had a Lots of conflicts with our schedule, so I'm, I'm glad we could make this work. Me too. You, I mean, you know how it goes. We're, it's busy. We, we were talking just before this, right? I think that you take it to a completely different level, but I am definitely the type of person you are, just trying to say yes to everything and no to nothing and taking everything full on. So, yeah, we're, we're in the same boat right now. Definitely. Yeah, it's uh, finals week, um, going off of some coffee. I never drink coffee, so... Three hours of sleep and coffee, and then we're making this work. This is a new leaf for you. Hey, I mean, I, I think I think it's the only right way to go into an interview with, with Nina, right? <laughs> you could look at it that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as we start to dive in, would you, would you like to introduce yourself for, for those that may not know you? Yeah, so hi, my name is Nina Shunk. I am a fifth year on the women's gymnastics team here. I was, you know, born and raised in the Bay Area. Um... I mean, that's pretty much it. I do gymnastics. I actually recently retired, which is definitely a new experience for me. Um, not going to the gym every day and kind of figuring out other things to fill my time with. And, you know, just trying to make it through the end of the school year and make as many memories as possible before I'm out of here. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, today's Friday. Commencement is tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, so commencement is tomorrow. You're graduating when? Monday? Uh, yeah, so I have commencement tomorrow, I have graduation Monday, and then also another graduation on Thursday. For the double and, major? Yeah, yeah, so Haas is on Monday, and then MCB is Thursday. Wow, okay, awesome. Um, well, and actually, I don't have a dress yet, so or heels, so I'm going to have to figure that out by tomorrow, which is very... For tomorrow? Yes, very on-brand for me. <laughs> okay, so, so see, see that, that's what I'm saying, like, context again, like, for, for people that are watching or listening... We've never, like, met in person. We've, like, said hi once in the gym, but that's, like, the reputation 
you have not the last minute part, but like doing everything at all times. Like, I don't, I like, like I said, we haven't talked, but everyone knows like, oh, yep, that, that's, that's Nina. She's the superwoman that can do it also. I'm sure you'll yes. figure it out by then. Thanks. But you give me too much credit. No, I mean, you, you deserve it. It's, the credit is given where it's due. Um, but I mean, I usually always start out with childhood and things like that, which I will want to do. But right now you mentioned you're retired and I am always super intrigued by gymnastics, like how you retire right after that, because you're at the age where, I mean, you guys call each other grandmas and, and stuff like that. Like your body can't take it anymore, which is crazy. Like for us, even if we don't go pro, you can still play soccer for you guys doing those flips and things like that. Like that, that's it. Right. So how are you feeling with that? Obviously you've been putting in 30 hours a week or at Cal 20 hours a week for your entire life. It's a huge difference. Is there any sort of identity crisis there? Um, it's definitely really interesting being recently retired. I think, I think I kind of went into my gymnastics career for as long as I can remember saying like, okay, I'm going to do club gymnastics and then I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to be done. Like my goal was always, let's do college gymnastics. And so I kind of always had in the back of my mind, my shelf life will be this long. And like, once I finish gymnastics, I'm going to be done. I'm not going to be retired. Like, and that will be that. And I actually think taking my fifth year at least having the opportunity to do it and then taking it was really good for me to make sure I could close out my career without any regrets of like, oh, I could have done this more or I should have done this or I wish I did this. And so being done right now, I haven't like the identity crisis hasn't set in yet because I'm so I think I'm very fulfilled in my gymnastics career. And I'm like, I did everything I could and I'm happy with where I'm at. And so I don't also, my, my body hurts, so I'm like, I don't really have a desire to go in there and just, like, pound it to the ground again, because, again, you mentioned, like, I'm only 23, but in gymnastics terms, that's ancient. <laughs> it's like, my body hurts, I think I'm happy with how I did, and so my identity crisis hasn't quite set in yet. I do anticipate it happening eventually, like, six months down the road, being like, dang, I really wish I could get into the gym and, like, do some flips, but in the meantime, I'm going to try and fill my time with something new, and, like, always find something that keeps me energized and that I can work on, you know, like have goals to like any other sport, like you have goals to, you want to get better at this and you want to perfect your technique here. And like, I think I'm going to need to find something that I can still do that with because without any goals, I'm going to be like, Oh my God, what am I doing with my life? You know? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And like I said, I mean, I met you recently in the gym, um, not like gymnastics gym, but the just HBC. like the yeah, HPC lifting, uh, gym. Um, and you're still going there. So is that like a way to use your time or, or how do you see yourself filling that gap? Definitely. I definitely want to find something else that I can actively do. And so I actually tried swimming because I was like, oh, I, I like, I really like water and I like the ocean. So I was like, maybe I'll try laps in the pool. Not the best at that, but would like to start doing more of that. I'm definitely trying to stay active every day. Um, it's actually funny you mentioned that because the other day I didn't work out for, or the other week I didn't work out for a couple of days and had like a crisis. I was like, how am I going to get my energy out? Like I have all this pent up energy that I don't know what to do with. And I was like, oh, I'm going to need to go on a run. So I just ran around like my block and it's just, yeah, it's just like, I like to stay active. And so definitely finding something that I can do in my spare time is going to be very important for me. Yeah. Once there's a few days of not working out when you're so used to it, it's like, how do I sleep at night? Like quite literally, like how do I release all this energy and things like that? So it's like just in my seat, like what do I do? I need to, I need to 
get this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's crazy. And swimming is, is interesting because you're a gymnast. So it's the complete opposite in terms of impact on your body. Yeah. Extremely low impact. Yes. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that would have worked for you. But now taking a trip down memory lane, let's start back from where it started originally. You said you're from the Bay Area. You're from Oakland. Um, what was your childhood like? Um, what was like your relationship with your family. I know a bit from the senior video. Um, I know a bit from from like your daddy going to Cal and things like that. So what was growing up in, in Oakland and the Bay Area like for you? Yeah, um, it, so it's actually interesting. I didn't mention this earlier, but I am adopted from China. Um, I was actually sitting at dinner with my parents last night and we were kind of talking about that whole thing. Um, and so when I was six months old, my parents flew to China, adopted me. Um, came back to the Bay Area, which I think super cool background because, you know, I'm from China. My mom came from Korea. She came for um, undergrad and grad school here where she met my dad. And then my dad's parents uh, were refugees in World War II, so they came from, like, Germany. And so it's just really interesting to think about my family history, I think, and, like, all three of us kind of came from different areas of the world um, and we're a family, which is super awesome. But growing up in the Bay Area, I loved it. I mean, I have nothing bad to say about the Bay Area. I think it's place that you can truly be yourself and um I I mean I can't I have nothing to complain about my childhood I am an only child so I did spend a lot of time you know with my parents or kind of with my own with myself which I think helped me learn how to be independent because you know only child you don't really have your siblings to entertain you I kind of had to find things to do as a child so I read a lot of books played outside a lot and then once I started gymnastics at four I was in the gym all the time Wow, okay, so I, I didn't know that about you, that, that you were adopted, and that's so cool, like, within your own family, the diversity that you guys yeah. have. That's yeah. super interesting, wow. It's definitely cool. It's cool to, because, you know, we have, you know, holidays and whatnot, so it's like, Christmas, we'll do some, like, some German dessert, maybe some, like, Korean dishes, and, like, just kind of mixing it all up. It's super cool to kind of, all of us appreciate each other's culture, and it's kind of turned into one big, like, identity of three different cultures it's super cool so so you're you're born in china you're raised in the bay area by a korean mother and a dad that is american but from yes. he was born in america he's born in fullerton so southern california but his parents were refugees from like germany from germany so like without being biologically tied to those cultures would you consider yourself part of those cultures i would Awesome. I, I do. Um, I mean, I consider myself American. I think that's a big part of my identity, but definitely Korean and German. And I still think of them as, you know, my biological parents, pretty much. I think, like, for ever since I could remember, they were my parents. I have no, like, desire to, you know, find my identity. I feel like I've already found it, which is pretty cool, because they were always so open with who they were and, like, who I am as a person and that I could be whoever I wanted to be. So it's it was really cool. That's so cool. Like, yeah. that. that's so unique, and I think that's awesome, right? Like, I I don't know. I'm just surprised. Like, I've never heard of that, but it's so cool that you belong to four different cultures in a way yeah. because of your family, right? And, and it, it's so simple terms, but it's, like, who you surround yourself with. It's, exactly. like, you surround yourself with diverse people, and then you can learn from them. Like, I'm just saying, yeah. for example, for everyone else, like, listening, or for me, like, it's possible, and I don't know. That's super special. I was not expecting that at all. Yeah. That's awesome. So, so you grew up that way. Uh, you mentioned you're an only child. How did? How do you think that like affected your personality? You mentioned like reading a lot, spending time alone. Like, it was the gym, 
and then what else were you doing does that define you like to this day um I do think something I mentioned earlier just kind of being independent I kind of learned from an early age how to you know be alone how to take care of myself and not that my parents abandoned me because they definitely did not but like it was funny because my again talking to my mom the other day she was like yeah when I was uh when you were younger I would send you to your friend's house for a play date which was actually just kind of like free babysitting for me because she was always working uh both my parents were working so it's like I spent a lot of time with friends but they were also I felt like it helped me mature at an early age because they were like okay we're gonna are you you okay being home alone tonight and be like yeah like I can do it and so it kind of forced me to you know start cooking early and finding things to entertain myself I think it kind of cultivated my imagination a little because you know again as a child you spend a lot of time in your head kind of I don't know wondering off yeah wondering off you know doing whatever you do as a child (laughs) um but yeah I think I do think being an only child helped me just be more independent early on and matured me and I don't know I I don't remember this but apparently at one point my mom was like do you want a sibling and I was like no just me (laughs) I just want my like I just want it to be me and you guys yeah uh, I don't remember that yeah yeah no that's that's awesome and I was just asking again since you mentioned it and those traits like I think that in a way like that has shaped you into the person you are today in a good way right like that independence helped you out now and it's all those little things or like extra time being able to do your own things like that benefits you in the future or being able to time manage on your own from a very young age like I mean that that's what you're built for as a student athlete right so yeah that's awesome that it worked out that way you mentioned getting into the gym at four how did you get into gymnastics um so I don't remember this but I think my parents took me to a birthday party for a friend and it was at a gym and and just a little context, I used to climb on everything in the house. Like, I used to hang off the um, the table. I would just stand on the table, like, run and jump on the couch, stuff like that. Like, very active. Um, my dad used to take me to the playground. used to, like, climb on the monkey bars, all that. Kind of, like, telltale signs of a gymnast. Um, and so they took me to this birthday party, and the coach there was like, oh, how long has she been doing gymnastics? My parents were like, well, this is actually her first time in the gym. And they're like, oh, you need to put this kid in gymnastics. And so, funny enough, they put me in Golden Bear, because, you know, I'm from the Bay Area, so I spent um, the first nine years of my gymnastics career at Golden Bay Rec Center. Oh. Yeah, and then a bunch of my coaches left, so then I moved to Head Over Heels in Emeryville, and then obviously coming back to college, trained in Golden Bay Rec Center, and it's like a full circle. Wow, wow, that, that, that's crazy. I didn't know, I knew about the Emeryville, yeah. but I didn't know you were here like from the beginning, which is a full oh, circle yeah. moment. Um, oh, yeah. How, how big was Cal within your family? Um, I mean, li- like I mentioned, your dad graduated his bachelor's and, uh, yeah, bachelor's and then two years later, his master's, right? Yes. So, and then you grew up here. Yeah. So how big of a role was Cal in your childhood or growing up? And did you ever consider any other schools? Like, or was it just Cal, Cal, Cal? Yeah, it's interesting. It definitely was a really big part of growing up. One, because we're such close proximity, like Oakland, Berkeley, it's right here. Everywhere you go, you see people wearing Cal gear. I had a lot of Cal gear because I did gymnastics at Golden Bear. And, like, when I competed, I could represent, you know, Golden Bear gymnastics across my chest, which was, I guess, looking back pretty cool because, again, full circle. Um, So it was always really big. My dad likes to tell the story of how my mom really wanted me to go to, like, MIT or some, like, science school. And I was like, well, would you be okay if I went to Cal? And he was like, oh, of course I would be. (laughs) 
Um, he never really pushed me to go to Cal, but I think I kind of pushed myself. I was like, oh, it's, it's a great academic school. It's a great athletic school. Um, but I definitely did have my eyes open to a lot of different schools, mostly within the Pac-12, because I feel like the Pac-12 has a great balance of athletics and academics. And so I hate to say it, I was looking at, you know, like UCLA, Utah, um, Washington, other schools like that. But Cal was always, it was always there. So it was always a really good, like, oh, I, that'd be a really cool place to go. And I never actually thought I'd, you know, get in until it happened. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. That's, that's so <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Like, again, that you grew up your entire life and in a way it's like a goal in the back of your mind and that it actually happens. It's, yeah. it's like a dream come true in a way. Mm -hmm. Wow, that, that's special. Um, in terms of like, what, well, first off, what you had mentioned with the Pac-12, I fully agree. I think that obviously we know a lot about NCAA sports. Um, a lot of people don't know this. They'll just call any good school an Ivy League school, right? Like, just because. Um, and no, like, the NCAA is broken up into conferences and things like that. And I really do think that if you combine something like the Ivy League and the SEC, you get the Pac-12. Yes, right? I, I agree. Like, it's that balance of, like, insane academics, insane athletics, and here we are. Um, so it's it's awesome, definitely, to, to experience that in the Pac-12. And Pac-12 gym is ridiculous. I, I think it's, uh, you're out of the eight teams that you guys have, it's the top four... I mean, the top four all won the regular season, but you're all in the top 20, yeah. which is crazy. Like, it, it just goes on to show the caliber of a competition here. Definitely. I, I love competing within the Pac-12, I think. And I also think everyone in the Pac-12 has a lot of respect for each other because we're all doing, again, such high caliber things. And I think it's it's really a really cool thing to be part of that. It's a really cool thing to be a part of, like you said, but it's also very cool to watch. So the, the whole experience is very special. Um, you get into the gym at four. At what age did you realize, like, okay, I, there's a future for me here? Like, did you start taking it a bit more serious? Or, or did you even, like, compete in other sports at any time? Um, okay, my parents tried to put me in ballet, which definitely was not a good fit for me. Um, I would just run around and we'll look out the window and they were like, okay, we're gymnastics it is. Um, I think what's interesting is I was not a good gymnast until I left Golden Bear and went to Head Over Heels. Not that Golden Bear isn't, like, a good gymnastics program, but I was just terrible. Like, almost last place at competitions. Um, I couldn't run down the vault runway. I was too slow. So every time I tried to vault, I would land on my head. Like, it, I was not good. Um, and I had this one coach at Golden Bear who kind of saw some potential in me. He used to coach at Head Over Heels, and then he moved to Golden Bear, and he's like, you know, you, you could be good if you had some better coaching. Um, and so he, like, I did a lot of privates with him. I got a little bit better, but I wasn't great still. And then when he left to go take another position, he was like, you need to switch gyms. Like, you need a coach who can really, like, get you going in your gymnastics career because I see a lot of potential in you, but it's, nothing's happening right now. I was like, oh, that's kind of offensive, but I get what you mean because I wasn't good. Like, I truly was not a good gymnast. Um, like, last place at regionals, that kind of stuff. Went to Head Over Heels, and in my first year, um, I, like, won states, got second at regionals. I won westerns, which was, like, west of the Mississippi, all of the, like, level nines. And I was like, oh, okay. It was kind of, like, that point where I was like, I think I have a future in this, and I think that I can actually obtain going to collegiate gymnastics. What year was this? 2013. 
Wow, okay. Yeah, so until then, I was terrible. I really was not a good gymnast. Um, and then I give a lot of credit to my coaches at Head Over Heels for pushing me and, you know, like, I wasn't very strong, so they spent, I spent an entire summer just kind of working on strength and kind of figuring out where my body was. Um, and then they pushed me, because I, I had a lot of fears when I was at Golden Bear, like a lot of mental blocks of, oh, I'm just not going to do this. Like, I can't do this. And I would just stop myself like mid skill, which is more dangerous than actually going for the skill. Um, but that, that kind of attitude didn't fly at head over heels. It wasn't like, you can't balk on this. Like, you just have to go. And so, I mean, head over heels pushed me a lot within my first year. Oh, I mean, all six years that I was there, but definitely a lot my first year. And I, the results showed, and it was kind of at that point, I was like, I, I can actually do this. How, how do you get past that imposter syndrome? Was it just because of the coaches and who you were around, or did you do something personally? Um, I think at least in that moment, it was, like, results-based. And I usually don't like to look at results because I think it's more of, like, how you feel about it. But it was nice to have some positive reinforcement looking at the results and being like every meet I am getting better and by finishing my season being like I'm good at gymnastics like I could be good um and so I think that really helped me to realize that I'm better than I thought I was um but it's kind of hard when you're competing at least before that when I was at Golden Bear and I was getting the participation medal every time or getting last place and just or not even placing and being like okay this is fun like gymnastics Again, at the end of the day, I do gymnastics because it's fun. I'm like, yeah, this is still fun, but it's not as fun as it used to be because all my friends are winning and I'm not. <laughs> it's just like a weird, you know, it was like a weird time in my life. But I was also kind of young, so I don't think I could verbalize how I felt other than like, oh, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's a lot. Uh, winning is a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's very obvious, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I completely get that and it's interesting that you went through that phase and that you didn't consider yourself a good gymnast and you go from last at regionals to state champ in a year yeah I, yeah I do think at least my my golden bear experience and not being very good kept me grounded um and I'm glad that I am glad for my experiences and I'm glad that I kind of peaked in my gymnastics career a little bit later um because, again, it did keep me humbled. It was like, okay, small beginnings. Like, don't let it get to your head, stuff like that. Um, and so that helped me a lot. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, you were, so 2013, you're uh, eighth grade or freshman? Eighth grade, I believe. Okay. Eighth grade. So you, you start heading into the high school process. What did recruiting look like for you? You were barely starting to heat up. Yes. Um, and... Like you mentioned, you didn't peak until later. I think it was until your senior year that you really started going yeah. off. So what was the recruiting process like for you? Um, so when I was being recruited, it started your freshman year of college. And so, yes, very early. Um, Wait, of high school? I'm sorry, yes, of high school. Oh, oh yeah, I was so My bad. Okay. My freshman year of high school is when you start getting recruited. Um, I was a first-year level 10. And so basically, like, college gymnastics is pretty much just level 10 gymnastics. Um, first year level 10, made it to nationals, which was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like it wasn't, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience for me. And then when you're there, it's all the colleges, you know, they have like all their, their tables and they're all lined up, which is kind of an intimidating experience. And I knew nothing about the college recruiting process. I hadn't even thought about college. I didn't know you got recruited freshman year of high school. Like it seems absurdly early looking back, like until my senior year, I feel like I had no idea what I actually wanted. So again, very grateful I came to Cal because 
perfect fit for me. Literally the <laughs> exact same thing that Nivea said. Her episode came yeah. out this week, and oh, she was yeah. like, I committed freshman year, and I'm so glad it was Cal because, like, yes. how, how do you know what you want as a freshman in high exactly. school? Exactly. You don't. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted, so I'm glad I made this choice, and I'm glad, I'm glad I had people in my ear, like my parents, being like, this is a good choice for you. Like, obviously, it's up to you, but, like, this would not be a bad opportunity to take. Um, but, yeah, I started getting recruited. Then I committed, I think, my like, right after season ended, my freshman year, so maybe, like, June, July. Wow. Yeah, verbally committed. Obviously, you don't sign anything till your senior year. Um, and then my sophomore year of high school, I did... I didn't compete, so I actually had knee surgery. Um, I had a, like, patellar kneecap dislocation. It happened a few too many times, and finally they were like, it's going to keep happening unless you get surgery. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, got surgery December of 2014, was out the entire season for 2015. And then 2016, I think my junior year, I also wasn't very good at gymnastics then because I was coming back from the knee, right? Yeah. And then I fractured my shin, had wow. to take more time off, right? And then I want to say as I was coming back, either from my ankle or either from my knee or my shin, I like did something and rolled both my ankles at the same time. So it was like even more time that I was taking off. Yeah, it was it was really unfortunate. So then my junior year season wasn't very good either. I mean, you can just look at the results. Like, I wasn't very good. Um, and it was kind of like, oh, I committed to Cal. Like, they're, they're an up-and-coming team, but I'm not very good right now, you know? I was like, I really need to work on myself, but it's hard when I keep getting injured. So it's like, how do you stop getting injured and perform to your best of your ability in such a short time frame? Because I'm like, I really only have the rest of my junior year and then my senior year to not prove myself, but, like, prove to myself that I'm good enough to go to this school. And, and how did you do it? I, so I finished my junior year on kind of, like, a weird note because I rolled my ankle again mid-junior year. So, like, right after States, rolled my ankle, went to regionals, did terribly, um, was selected as, like, a second alternate to go to nationals. And weirdly enough, two people pulled out. And so <laughs> I, I was like, I guess I'm going to nationals didn't do very well at nationals. I think I fell like three times on B. <laughs> and then I did have to talk to Justin and Liz, my current coach or my coaches here. And they were like, are you doing all right? And I was like, not really, but we're getting there. Um, so I worked a lot on myself that summer. I like got in shape because I wasn't really in shape. I kept getting injured, you know, and like pushing to get back to doing gymnastics without building up my strength again. So I focused a lot on fitness, um, which really helped me because the skills came so much easier then. And then my senior year, my first meet, I got the highest all-around score I had ever gotten in my career as a level 10. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And it kind of, that year was almost, I mean, I think the most important memories I made were in college. But like at the time, that was like a dream for me, my senior year of high school, because every meet just kept getting better and better. And I was like, I've never been this, this good at gymnastics before. Like, this is really, really cool. And so I think with every meet, it really built my confidence until, you know, accumulated at nationals. Yeah, I know that that's amazing. And I know what happens at nationals and we'll talk about that right now, but let's take a few steps back. How were those conversations with coaches, Justin and Liz? Because obviously you commit early freshman year. The thing I don't understand, I know they changed the rule now, but the thing I don't understand is how coaches see the potential in a freshman in high school, because I think about my time in high school. 
I'll, I'll keep it very blunt, right? Like, I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of my teammates, extremely talented in high school. But your freshman year, there's no parties. There's no alcohol. There's no drugs. There's no yes. smoking. Like, the fact that coaches put their belief and trust in a freshman, a ninth grader, when they're still sophomore, junior, senior year, that could change your entire life. It's like, wow. Like, that is crazy. But, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the case no, for you. No, it's crazy. But the, in, in terms of injuries, it's like... You don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. And, and they, like, they place the bet on you as a ninth grader, and you continue to get injured. So how were those conversations yeah. like? Were you nervous? Were they nervous? Like, what, what was yeah. the situation? Definitely. It, again, like, back to your point, it is really interesting how they put so much faith in you as a ninth grader. Like, I didn't see... I, they saw the talent. I didn't. I was like... Because I was thinking, if I'm getting recruited in present day, if I was getting recruited right now, I don't think I would be because there's so much talent out there, and I wasn't very good back then. So it's just really amazing that they saw that in me, and I didn't even see it in myself. Um, and again, what's interesting when we were having those conversations is that it was almost like they couldn't talk to me directly. I don't remember the NCAA rules, but they were kind of weird. So a lot of the times they went through my coach, my club coach, and my club coach would go to me, and then it was kind of like a she was the middleman, when a woman, um, between us. And I do remember one conversation. Um, it was I think it was after my junior year. Catrice was like, Justin called. I was like, oh, goodness. What does he have to say now? And he, she was like, she wants to know, if, oh, she, she, she was like, he wants to know if you're still committed. And I was like, oh, what? Because, like, that completely threw me off guard. I was like, I don't know if he was going to ask me, like, why I was so bad at gymnastics or, like, why I had such a weird year of injuries, but to ask me why I was still committed, I was like, I'm obviously still committed. Like, I'm, I'm in the gym every day. I'm working hard. Like, I thought I was doing everything I could do, you know, just, like, to be the best version of myself to go to Cal. And I was like, oh, do they... Like, I don't think they're going to, they weren't going to back away from, you know, accepting me on the team. But I was like, is that what they think of me? And it was just a very, like, I don't know if it was a wake up moment for me, because I don't think it, like, motivated me. I don't think I used his words to motivate myself to do better, but it was kind of like a, I guess I need to either communicate with him more or I just need to get better at gymnastics. I don't know what it is. Um, But that, I think that moment, like, right after season, my junior year was like, Okay, time to turn this around. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Um, that that's crazy, and it's definitely like a, a wake up call, uh, alarm going off right yeah. there. In terms of your injuries, what kept you going? You're out for your sophomore year. You're out for your junior year. There's a huge gap. That's a long time. And again, I, like I mentioned, I'm not saying this is your case, but a lot of things changed during those times. You could have easily started going out yeah. during injuries or things like that. So, what? helped you maintain your focus and stay committed to that grind that you couldn't even be a part of. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I mean, when you were first mentioning that, I think another thing to add is that, you know, you keep getting injured and then you have a fear of injury. So it's like getting back into the gym. I was like, I'm scared. Like, I'm scared I'm going to hurt myself again. I'm going to hurt my knee again. I'm going to roll my ankles again. Um, And I think one thing that at least my coaches were really good at in club was tailoring my gymnastics to my fears, I think. Um, and so, you know, a lot of girls, they do like single leg landings or one leg comes down before the other. All of my gymnastics is done on two feet because I, you know, I have that fear of like, oh, if I do single leg, I'm going to hurt myself. And so again, that was one thing that at least my coaches did really well to help me get back into the gym, but staying a part of 
the team and the grind, as you mentioned, is definitely very important. And so I think what's cool, like looking back, which I didn't even really think about until you mentioned it, is that my sophomore year when I hurt my knee, I still went on every single travel meet that they had and I was at every competition and I was kind of like another coach. I mean, I wasn't old enough to coach yet, but I was like, I was there if they needed me, um, if they need water, if they needed a mat slide, whatever it was, I was like, oh, I can do that because I need to busy myself with something. Um, and it helped me, it really helped me stay involved in the team. And like, even though I wasn't doing gymnastics in season, I felt like I was in season. And so I'd still show up to the gym every day, you know, do my conditioning and then show up to the meets and kind of be like a team manager almost now that I think about it. Um, which is very similar to, I guess, to how you need to be as a college teammate. It's like there for whoever needs you. Um, but I think that was a very good way for me to stay locked in that year. Um, and I'm glad I was, I'm glad that my coaches let me, you know, come to all the travel meets. Cause they could have been like, no, you have to stay home. But like, they're like, you know what, we, we could use you like come along, which was, which was really good for me, I think. And, and that's how you stayed in there, but why did you? I think that's a really good question. I think I still love the sport. I think there's something so exhilarating about it. It brings so much, so many emotions all at once. And, like, even when I wasn't doing gymnastics, even watching it, like, watching the competitions, watching my teammates do well and, like, s- stick landings and do skills that they had never thought they could do before in competition. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to, I need to stay in this sport. Like, obviously there were, there were times where I was like, this sucks. Like, I wish I could be out there or even like, I wish I could just stay home today. Um, and so there were definitely low points and difficult conversations with my coaches of like, listen, you came into the gym, but you didn't do a whole lot today. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm going through hard times. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just, I really love the sport. And I also, I still had a goal I was working towards. I still wanted to do college gymnastics. And so I couldn't just not, I couldn't just give up then. Like there comes a point where it's, you're almost too far gone to be like, oh, I'm just going to back out. Like there was no backing out ever. There were days where I didn't want to come in, but there was never like, I think I need to be done with gymnastics. Like that never really crossed my mind because I still had, I'm going to Cal. Like no matter what, I'm going to go to Cal. I'm going to compete. And I'm going to do gymnastics there. Yeah, you, you, you came too far to give up at, at some point, and you worked too hard to give up at that point, so yeah, that's what kept you going. That's awesome. That's awesome that you had that, that goal and that it worked out that way. My last question before we do get into your senior year and then how that transitions into college is, how was your academic balance back then? I'm 100% sure it was, like, focused, but were you as intense in high school academics as you are in college? Um. Definitely not, but I think what's interesting is that I didn't really, like, get into academics till I was maybe in high school or, like, eighth grade high school. I wasn't a very good student in middle school. I was, like, that student that, oh, I left my homework at home or, like, sorry, I forgot it or my mom would, I mean, my mom would sometimes do my Spanish homework for me. Like, I wasn't very dedicated, (laughs) (laughs) which... I can't believe she actually did that for me, but I really wasn't very dedicated to academics, so it's so interesting looking back and being like, look who I am now. Um, but I kind of turned that around, like, eighth grade and then went into high school, and I went to this school called Head Royce, which is, you know, it's a private school. It's pretty well known for its academics. Um, and I definitely had a mind switch, kind of like, listen, you need to start focusing on academics you're at a hard school now, they're going to expect the best from you, um, you need to get on that. And so 
I guess balancing that in high school, looking back is very interesting because, you know, you're in class from eight to three, practice from four to eight, um, and then homework when you go home. And like thinking about it, it's like, it's weird because I don't know how I balanced it, but I also feel like my workload in college was more with less class time. And so I guess in high school it was like, I needed to put more work in, in the classroom, but in college I need to put more work in outside of the classroom. 100%. It's a very interesting, like, it's very interesting to think back on how you used to do things in high school. Cause I'm always thinking like, oh, college, it was so hard. But I'm sure when I was in high school, I was like, this is the worst experience of my life. Like I have no time, but it's just interesting. I'll be completely honest, to me, college is way easier than high school in terms of workload, just yes. my personal experience. Um, but looking back on it, like, I, I don't understand how I took six classes at the yeah. exact same time, like exactly. six classes per semester. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yes. And I had six classes in a single day. Like, yeah. I also understand now that if I go back to high school and I do the readings that I was doing back then, I'd be breezing, right? Like, yes. it's completely different. But to think that I spent an entire day without breaks in between classes just sitting there yeah. is crazy to me now. I agree. And I, like, interesting on your point, too, of like high school being harder. It was interesting because I came here my freshman year and I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. Because I think like Head Royce was so rigorously academic that or academically rigorous that coming to college, like everyone says, everyone at Head Royce says, your first year in college will be easy because Head Royce has prepared you so well. And I didn't really believe it. I was like, yeah, whatever. But I got here and I was like, I have all this time. Like, I kind of know some of this material. Like, this is pretty cool because I feel like the transition was made very easy by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a very similar experience there. Personally, I've, I was much more of an academic, I guess, um, when I was younger, like in... In middle school, it was not really, like, nerdy. It was just, like, I want that 4.0. I want yeah. that A+. Plus. I want that 100 sort of thing. Um, and it's not that, you know, like, my parents definitely celebrated me. But every time I had a 95 on a test, they were like, well, I mean, you're missing five points. And little things like <laughs> yeah. that, right? They, yeah. they, like, it's not in a toxic way, in no, a very I, healthy, I like, way. Yeah. Um, but that kept pushing me. And then in high school, I started prioritizing soccer more. And that was, like... A bit iffy there but at the same time that's when I fully became a student athlete because I was just like gone every single hour of the day and on weekends there was no time as well and little things like that like literally my my Saturday nights were driving back from LA from a game with my dad we'd pick up food and we'd watch sports like that was it I was so tired and and the same day the same thing Monday through Friday and and it was just super repetitive and that's what got me into it but to your point I commit to Cal so we already had that rule of you can't talk to players until junior year okay I commit junior year and I'm the first one to commit from my class um I, I also went to a private school so it's a very small school everyone knows each other and people start coming up and it's like oh you're going to Cal and I, I was a good student by then like people people knew that I was in all the AP classes and stuff um but I remember I had academic advisors come up to me and they're like, you, you, you got to get ready for Cal, this and that. And I'm like, dude, like, I will be fine. You'll trust be me. And the difference in workload was just a breeze in a way. So yeah. interesting. Interesting yeah. that we share that. That is really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So um, you, you have an amazing senior year in high school. Um, funny enough, senior year in college as well, but we'll get mm -hmm. into that later. Um, senior year in high school, after going through those struggles... <laughs> 
2017 Junior Olympic uh, Nationals, you're the bars champion, which is awesome. You finished. You also finished ninth in the all around. Uh, you're a regionals champion as well in bars, second all around vault and beam, fifth on floor. Like that's that's crazy how you went from not competing in two years to doing that. Yeah. Were you surprised? Definitely. Um, I think looking at the season overall, very surprised, but. If you just look at like states, regionals, nationals, I think I I didn't expect to win, but I think my trajectory was every meet I was getting better and better and better. Like if I haven't really looked at my scores for probably four years since I actually competed, um, but in the moment I knew I was like, oh, I was getting better every single meet, and so you kind of go into the meet of like I'm confident in myself. I know I can, I know I can do well, but I think. Looking back, I think one thing that really changed my senior year mentality-wise was I'm going to have fun. So every meet I went into, and, like, that's something I've carried out throughout college, which has helped me a lot, but, like, that started my senior year. It's like, I'm just going to go in this meet. I'm going to have fun. It's one of my last club meets with these coaches. I'm going to enjoy myself no matter what happens, and I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to enjoy it because that's really all you can do. And getting into that mindset instead of putting pressure on, like, oh, I'm going to stay on the beam, or I'm not going to fall, on, I'm not going to fall on bars. Getting into the, I'm just going to have fun and trust myself and enjoy it out there definitely changed how I performed. And I think that showed, and I was like, oh, that really works, going out there and having fun. So I'm just going to keep doing that. How do you do that? Because it's super easily said. It's very easily said. And it sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. But how do you do that? Like, if you could give a piece of advice, oh, what God. would it be? It's really, it's almost a fake it till you make it thing. So like, and it's something that I needed to remind myself to do almost every minute before the competition and during competition. It was like, walk into the arena with a smile on my face, you know, just like get ready, do my makeup, do my hair, smile, like listen to music and be like, oh, I'm having a really good time. Walk into the arena, everyone's competing, or like the session before you're still competing. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I love being here. I'm just going to go have fun. Like say hi to my coaches, like, stuff like that. It's just, like, this. I think it's the small things you do that show off joy or, like, enjoyment for whatever you're doing that kind of, it, it's definitely a very fake it till you make it thing. Fake it till you make it in the sense of I'm having fun, I'm putting uh, yeah, on a smile. Yeah. Even if you're scared, even if you're, like, oh, my God, I'm terrified right now, I'm so nervous, I need to qualify to nationals at this meet, you're, like, doesn't matter. Go out there, enjoy yourself, have fun. Like, it's whatever. And, like, if a mistake does happen, I think what I learned my senior year is, like, compartmentalize. It happened on that event, or, like, my warm-up was bad, that's okay. I put the numbers in in the gym. I know what to do. I'm just going to do what I know how to do. And, like, I started talking to myself a lot. I mean, I always talk to myself. But I really started talking to myself in a positive way my senior year during competition of, like, it's okay, like, you got it. Like, nothing to worry about. You know what to do. Trust yourself be confident, stuff like that, and, like, that also really helped me. And then, you know what, it's just fun. It's just it's just gymnastics at the end of the day. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, I, like I told you before, um, I've had multiple interviews in the, in the past few days, and yesterday uh, Hugo Gonzalez was here, and we were talking just about that as well. Like, he had a crazy experience transferring twice during his college career, um, and he was, like, he had to redshirt because of compliance things and things like that. 
um, and he was already an Olympian. Like, he was at an insane level already, and, like, redshirting because of it, it was just tough on him, and he just went back to having fun, and I shared an experience with him. Like, that is what I'm personally trying to do right now. I'm not there yet, but it's what I'm trying to do, and I realized it in the last spring game of this season. I felt like shit after that game. I felt horrible. I hated the way I played. And I walked out and it's like, wow, like, how is it that I'm feeling this way about a sport that I truly love? Because I love soccer. I love watching it. I love playing it. I love being in it. I love breathing it. Everything about it. I love it. But I I was just like, I don't know. I, I was trying to reflect on that a lot. And it was funny. Your freshman teammate, Abby Scanlon, was there and she was taking pictures and things like that. And she caught a few of me and she sent them over. And I was just staring at them and it's like, wow, like this is a game I love, I should just be having fun. And I came to the realization that if life is a game, then just get up and play, you know? If life is a party, then get up and dance. And, and that's all it is. Like you said, it's just gymnastics. It's just soccer. Like, it, it's so funny because it's going to sound super nerdy, but it's such a simple act that we give an inner subjective value to. Like, at the end of the day, it's 11 guys kicking a soccer ball around (laughs) just for fun and they give some meaning to it yeah you guys are running around and doing flips giving it a meaning with a number from some people that you don't even know and it sounds so stupid when you say it but when it's like gymnastics it's like well yeah of course it makes sense yeah but you're just doing flips and people are saying yeah i'll give you this number it's like obviously it's not that simple i understand it but but once you like break it down that way it's I don't know. It's different, and it's the process I'm working through as yeah. of right now, which is why I asked. Yeah, kind of like taking a step back and being like, again, just 11 guys k- kicking a ball around. And I think I think something else that's really important is going back to, like, why do you do this? Like, you said you love soccer. Like, why do you love soccer? What what part about it do you love? What do you like to watch? What do you like to do? And kind of, like, when, it, when times do get tough, as cheesy as it sounds, kind of holding on to, again, why am I doing this? Like, what about it? is so fun, is so exhilarating to me. Why do I keep coming back to that? So it's just like, kind of, once you find that, and then in times that, like, when times suck like that, when you're like, listen, I just, I, I just played like shit. I feel terrible about myself. Well, why am I still doing soccer? Oh, because I can get better. Because I love it because of this reason, you know? Just kind of following your mindset back to the root of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And it's always start with why, for sure. So it does. super powerful. Um, well, not only that, but you had a, a great 2017 year. And then we head into Cal. How was that transition like for you? Um, you're from Oakland, so it's not that like yeah. you're literally 10, 15, 20 minutes away. So it's not that bad at all. But your, your freshman year, um, what was that experience like for you? Uh, you went from being at the very top to being a specialist for Cal freshman year, which yeah. is awesome still, but it's obviously a shift. Yeah. Uh, how was the shift in academics and in gymnastics for you? Right. Um, shift in academics, I think as we touched on earlier, wasn't that bad. I mean, I think if I studied as hard as I do now, or my senior year, my fifth year, I would have done a lot better, but I was like, eh, I kind of know my stuff. Like, I thought I knew how to study freshman year. I didn't. Um so I kind of, like, learned what works for me really well, I think, like, junior, senior, fifth year. Um, so the academics, it wasn't, like, the biggest pressing issue. I think what was different was that, not that I didn't have a social life in high school, but it was, like, you go to school, you go to gym, 
to go to school, you go to gym. Like, maybe you hang out with some friends on the weekend. Here, it was like, you go to school, you go to gym, but you also have a social life. Like, there's so many new things to do. And, like, again, to be blunt, like, there's drinking, there's partying, there's going out, there's whatever people do on the weekends. You're in college. It's different. Um, And so factoring that in was not something I had anticipated. I mean, obviously, I was like, I'm going to hang out with my friends. But I didn't realize how much of an impact it would have on me and, like, my ability to balance everything. And all of a sudden, I'm experiencing all these new things. And I'm like, my emotions are just all over the place because I'm like, oh, is this a bad thing? Like, should I feel guilty for doing this? I don't really know. And so, like, I think that definitely was the hardest part for me freshman year, just, like, a different form of social life. And I do think that probably impacted how I did in the gym because, again, you mentioned, like, I did all around. Everyone does all around in club. And then all of a sudden I came here, I trained all around, but I really only made bar lineup, which, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, other people were better than I was, but I was like, I know that I can contribute more. And it was just, it was hard because, like, looking at myself, I was like, I'm not doing that much for the team. I'm just a bar specialist. And I think I put myself in this box of, like, I'm just doing bars. Like, I'm not doing very much. But if I looked at anyone else on the team who was a specialist, I'd be like, oh, they're contributing so much. So it's just an interesting, like, mentality to have or, like, an interesting position to be in. And I'd never been a specialist before in my life. Like, again, you do all around every single meet. Um, so it's definitely a very weird experience for me. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. I have a, a teammate who has a sister that is a gymnast. So, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so um, through Christian, I, I've learned a lot, like, of what a high school gymnast life is like. Not that we talk about it too often, but, I mean, his sister did come to a few of your guys' meets, and yeah. we were always there. So we, we were seeing that, and Christian's like, yeah, like, you don't get it, bro. These girls don't have a social life in high school. Yeah. Like, not at all. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, it makes sense. You're in school from 8 to 3, training from 4 to 8, sometimes 4 to 9, or, or whatever it is, leaving school early at times. Of course you have no time, right? Like, it, it makes complete sense. You're training on weekends the exact same way, if not longer, because you have more time now. Yeah. So it, it, makes no, uh, it makes full sense that there is no social life. And then you get to college, and it's like, what is going on? Yes, definitely. It was... It was like a culture shock for me. Yeah. Like, wow, there's so much going on right now. And like, I think in high school, my one of, I didn't go to that many parties. I think one of the only parties I went to was like after prom. And that's because it was down the street from me. Like my, I had a friend who lived down the street and she hosted it. I was like, oh, I can just walk there. And like, that was the only time I was like going out with my high school friends. So it's just very different coming to college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not... Definitely not, like, the soccer culture at all, but personally, I don't go out that much. I just don't feel, not, not, it's not that I feel uncomfortable, I just don't enjoy it as much, like, yeah, it's just not who I am, but definitely, like, that is a huge factor in high school soccer. Like, in all honesty, the best soccer players I've ever met in my life d- didn't make it, like, be- because of that, and it's so ingrained in the culture, and, and I think it's true for... For a lot of people that can say the same thing, the best soccer players we've ever seen or never made it, whether it's because of their academics or what they did outside. It's outside factors. Yeah, it's yeah. just those outside factors, and it's sad, but it's the reality. Yeah. But anyways, um, freshman year, that happens. How were you feeling? Like, were, Did you feel like you belonged to the team because you're contributing in your standard so little? Like, In my opinion, I think it's crazy what you ended up doing, but, but like, how did you feel with the team? Um, 
I think it's interesting because I didn't feel like my gymnastics was like holding me back from bonding with the team. I felt like for the most part, I, I was part of this cow team. I think overall our culture wasn't the best my first two years in college. And I mean, you're on a team, you know, it only takes, I don't want to call them bad eggs, but like one or two people with a different mindset than the rest of the team to kind of mess, not mess up the culture, but create a culture that maybe isn't the most conducive thing to team bonding. And so I obviously, I, I liked being on the team. I liked being in college, but it could have been better because we didn't have, we didn't have the most inclusive team culture my first two years. Um, and it wasn't even like, I guess the sad thing was it, it wasn't even gymnastics related. Like that aside, I think that was my own personal battle that I was fighting of like, I'm not contributing to the team. I'm only doing one event. Like, dang, I suck because I used to be so good in like high school. What happened? And that was my own issue that I was dealing with. But everyone else, not everyone else, but some other people were like, well, we don't really like each other. <laughs> and so I feel like a team, but not fully like a family, you know? Yeah, and, and that's crazy that, that you say that. All, all I will leave it at right now is that I can relate. Um, that, that is all I can say for now, but... <laughs> Um, in, in terms of what you experienced there, something I, I've had in my head due to my own personal experience is be the leader you wish you had. Yes. I did not have that at all. And now it's like, all right, now it's my turn. What are you going to do with that? Like for the freshman, like, cause I know my experience as a freshman, um, and I did not like it at all. Um, so was that the case for you? Because I see a huge switch to what you're mentioning right now like um maya's been here i already mentioned nevea has been here nevea literally says in the episode i know because it was released this week she literally says like well i don't know how it was before i was here but the time i've been here we're all sisters maya has said that she could get lunch with anyone on the team no problem you're all sisters like it how did that change, and were you part of that in, in leadership? Yeah, I mean, what they say, very true. I agree to both of that. I can hang out with any single person on this team one-on-one and feel like I'm at home. That's that's the goal. awesome. Um, definitely a big part. I, I mean, I don't want to give myself too much credit or really any credit at all, but what you said, be the leader you wish you had, definitely the case for me. So I finished my sophomore year. You know, the seniors are departing, and my head coach kind of puts me into a leadership role. And I think that was like, at least for me, a big switch and a big switch for team culture. And then we kind of all sat down and we were like, we don't like the way it's been. It's our turn to change it. Like we're, we are going to work on our culture. And it, I guess sometimes like it shouldn't take work. Sometimes it should happen naturally. But like, this was something that we need to work on. Like we need to spend more time together. We need to do more team bonding things and like actually put some effort in. And so when, when Nevaeh's class came in, we made a conscious effort to, you know, invite the freshmen over all the time. We, we want them to feel welcome. And that, like, they meshed so well with our team that it was like, okay, we're a family. Like, it was so easy to just, I mean, I don't want to say it was easy to turn around a culture that was bad, but, like, once you get rid of some people who were kind of imposing a negative culture on the team, and then you sit down with everyone and have a very open conversation of like, this is what we want. We're right here right now. We don't like where we are. This is where we want to be. How will we get there? And actually doing it and being like, 
hey, I'm going to the beach today. Who wants to come with me? And everyone's like, I would love to come with you. And just having that kind of openness, I think, with everyone really just perpetuated this strong culture of like everyone can sit down with anyone else and just feel comfortable. I was going to ask you, how is it that you guys do it? So it was just little things like that. Yeah, like, I guess when you think about it, some people think it's like, oh, you had to have this really big, like, cultural mind shit, like, shift. It really wasn't. It was the small things. Hey, we're having dinner at Haste, which is one of the gym houses. Uh, if anyone, if everyone can make it, that'd be great. Like, bring something. And we all sit down and we all eat together. And we all play cards together or we do something. Like, I'm going to the beach today. Let's all go. Or does anyone want to go to the city with me? Does anyone want to get Chick-fil-A with me? It's like, it's the small things. And then you ask, hey, does anyone want to get food with me? And you end up in a car with a senior, a freshman, and a sophomore. Or, like, anyone. Like, literally anyone. Because it's just, we're all so open with each other at this point, and we all, like, hang out together that, you know, everyone wants to hang out with everyone. It's it's actually really nice. That's so awesome. That's so awesome that that happened and that you were a part of that in a way with leadership and like you said you don't want to give yourself full credit but the reputation is there in all honesty like you were a junior i'm nebius class so i you were a junior when i was a freshman i knew who you were like last year as well this year it was i mean it was too obvious by this point but it's like it's something that people know whether it's from guys like christian or guys like tate who's my class who i know you know as well like He's actually moving in here oh, that's uh, awesome. in the fall, yeah, so that, that'll be nice. But, um, yeah, like, we we know, like, that type of role that, that you play and who you are, and it's awesome to see your team that way. Like, we were talking before, like, our underclassmen classes are really starting to get along quite well, like, yeah. our sophomores yeah. and our freshmen. And it's so awesome to see for me because I see your team, and it's like, that's what I want on my team we're, we're working on it and we're improving a lot but i want that brotherhood and the sisterhood that you guys have so it's definitely a process yeah that will take time but it's obviously completely worth it to put in that time because then you end up with something that you're you're proud of and that you you enjoy you know you enjoy each other's company yeah yeah that, that's awesome well freshman year bar specialist um every meet which i think is a big deal 12 out of 14 there vault you went one for one, and you had a few exhibitions in the in the other ones. Um, but you had like you were second on your team on event titles with five. You had eight top three finishes, all Pac twelve for bars second team. Um, you posted good numbers at NC semis uh, and as well as regionals and Pac twelve. So I mean, it, it's I know you're a specialist, but that's still a, a pretty good year. Um, sophomore year things start to to pick up for you, especially academically, though, is where, well, I believe so. Is that when you declared the double major or no? Junior year. I declared double major. I applied to Haas one year late. Okay, yeah. got it. So we'll talk about that later. So sophomore year, take me through that experience. You guys had your first meet at LSU, which mm-hmm. which is probably a tough place for, for gymnastics with the crowd they have in the atmosphere. I don't know, I, I doubt it's as big as it is now with, with who they are and the gymnasts that they have, but that's still, like, a, a big place in in the gym world, I guess. So how was that experience like for you? LSU was a really cool meet. Um, obviously, our first SEC meet, huge crowd, their season opener, there's so much energy in the building, and 
I mean, I, I don't, I mean, it was like, what, three, four years ago, three years ago for me? A while ago for me. That was 2019. A while ago. Yeah. Um, but I still remember the energy from the crowd in that meet, because it, it really matters, you know? Like, you can tell when you walk into an arena and it's dead, and you're like, mm-hmm. We're going to have to create our own energy, which you obviously always do. Like, we're always going to be excited for whoever's competing. But it's nice when you can use the crowd to fuel you. And, like, that was one of those meets where we could use the crowd to fuel us. And, like, they weren't cheering for us, which is fair, like, LSU fans. Um, But it was still really, really cool to be in that arena with all those people and that that much energy. It was a really, it was a cool way to start season. Yeah, yeah, that that, that seems... (laughs) Um, like a lot of fun. Um, I mean, your your debut at least on bars was pretty high as well. Do you remember that or no? Um, I the only thing I remember that from that is I think they called me Emmy Watterson instead of Nina Shank. Got it. They switched both of us, and I was like, I was saluting it. And I was like, oh, that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. That's funny. Um, I I talked about that moment as well with with my. Do you remember that? She split the beam. That yeah. was so funny, and like we can laugh at it now, but it was so funny, and it was. Because she just split the beam and then, like, koala underneath and then climbed back on. And we were like, oh, my God, there's no way she just did that. And the crowd loved her. It was awesome. What, what were you thinking as a teammate watching that? Oh, my God. That's literally it. I was like, this is not happening. There's no way she's getting back on. And then she got back on and I was like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. It was so, it was actually so funny. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah, no, that, that's such a, a good <laughs> moment. Um, it was funny when she described it on here and then I saw the picture you that she posted. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw, I haven't posted that clip, so maybe I'm going to mesh these two. And, you should. And you make should post the video. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. I want to, I'll, I'll post the video of her describing it, you describing it, and then the video of it happening, <laughs> if I can get access to it, but we'll see. It, that, that would be funny. Um, again, bar specialist, uh, 10 out of 12. You posted high on at UW, um, two for three on four, and again, um, things start picking up, but I, NCAA regionals, you didn't compete that year because of illness, which I think this was actually, what year was this? Was this 2018, your sophomore year? Or 2019? No. 19. 19. I had the flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, but 19, because you're fifth year right now. Yeah. 19, I was a freshman. No, no, no. This was no. definitely 18. Your sophomore year was... No, because you didn't... No, you're... F- so, you weren't here yet. Yeah, your sophomore year, I was not here yet. Because no. you're a fifth year right now. Correct. And I'm a junior. Yeah, yeah, correct. Okay. Yeah. So, this is 2018. The thing is, you guys are... Okay, so you're competing 2019. Yes. But, okay. Yes. There it's, we go. Because we're different seasons. Yeah. You're winter, I'm fall. That's that's the that's thing. It. Okay, got it. So, 2019. Um, yeah, this is a year before COVID. So, yeah. this makes complete sense now. You had the flu, so you didn't go to regionals. I did go to regionals. They traveled me. So, I started feeling ill on Sunday. Went to practice and everything. Started getting the chills. and was like, oh, great. And so my coach looks at me, she's like, are you, you, you doing all right? And I was like, I think I'm kind of sick. Um, she sends me to emergency care, urgent care. She, um, she's like, get Tamiflu, you'll be fine. Okay. The next couple of days, I'm like bedridden. I was so ill. And then we travel on Wednesday, and they still travel to me. I'm like bundled up. I have a fever. I'm like, ah, this can't, like, looking back on it, like, I could have given anyone the flu. That could not have been safe. Um get there on my like in my own room I'm quarantining before quarantining was a thing um get to the meet I warm up the first day didn't have the best like first turn um 
but the rest of my turns were fine. I was like, okay, this is fine. They don't put me in. I'm like, fair. Like, I'm sick. Second day, again, warm-up was great. I felt so much better, and they were like, we're going to keep the same lineups. Don't put me in. So then we finished regionals. Um, they had a great meet, which was, it was an awesome meet to watch. But I remember feeling after regionals, I was like, I have a lot of unfinished business. Like, I know I'm only a sophomore, but I have a lot that I want to prove to myself. Like, I'm not happy with how I did this season. Because I think, like you were saying, like, things were... I guess I was competing more sophomore year. I don't fully remember. Yeah, so, I mean, you you had more on floor. You had, uh, like, more on on bars again. But that's just, like, adding up as well. Like, Pac-12 All-Academic Honor Roll or Honorable Mention. Little things like that that start to pick up. But it's not the leap that you took on later. Yeah, yeah. I was like, eh, I didn't... I wasn't satisfied with how I did that year. I was actually felt worse about myself after my sophomore year than I did after my freshman year when I just did bars. I was like, even bars, like, I didn't feel like I did that great this year. And I didn't end my season on a good note. Um, And so that was kind of, like, in summary, like, how I felt about my sophomore year. I was like, this kind of sucked. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I get that. And with that finish and with how things go there, what changes? Again, it's kind of like a high school thing again. Like, I feel like I'm full cycle twice um but I really got into the gym a lot over summer that year and not just like doing gymnastics but getting in shape like again you come to college all of a sudden you have the dining hall you can do whatever you want you can eat whatever you want you're not in the best shape that you were probably in when you were in club um and so that summer I forced myself to you know like stay healthy get in the gym stay in shape and I really think I used my season as motivation because I was really unhappy with how I did. I was like, I, and it was kind of like that time where I was like, I feel like shit. Like I, like you spring ball, like you're like, I don't like how I played. I was like, I don't like how I did all year. And like, I feel like I had opportunities to change it and I didn't. I just did the same thing that I do day in and day out and I didn't actually make a change that year. And so that summer, again, got into the gym, stayed in shape and that helped. I think things just kind of like catapulted from there. What was it specifically? Did you find your love for gymnastics again or was it the preparation that gave you confidence or or was there anything specific? It was definitely the preparation that gave me confidence because when I came back, so again, like during summer, you don't have to train. You could probably sit on your butt all summer and not train and then come back for preseason. Would it be hard? Yeah. Would it be a bad idea? Yes. You could do that though because we don't have mandatory training. But just like stay in shape over summer and then coming back for preseason and being like, my skills and my routines are easier for me now than they were during season last year. I can do better this year. Like, I have goals I want to work towards. I want to I want to start vaulting again because I re- kind of stopped vaulting my sophomore year because uh, I broke my foot before. And they really wanted, the coaches really wanted me on floor. They didn't want me on vault, so I just stopped vaulting. But I was like, I'm going to get back on vault because that's my favorite event. So I think, like, at least vaulting helped me because I enjoyed it. It's like... I'm going to, you know, change my floor routine, get some dance that I actually like, get some music I like, start, like, start, I'm going to start treating myself like an all-around athlete, because I think being a specialist, to a certain extent, you put yourself in this box of, oh, I just do bars, like, I train the other events for fun, but because I just train bar, because I just compete bars, I'm a bar specialist, but being like, you know what, no, I'm not just a bar specialist, I'm an all-arounder, like, I have the ability I know I can contribute on all four events. I need to train every single event like I'm going to be competing next weekend. 
Wow, so that's the fake it till you make it mentality. Absolutely. I, in all honesty, I honestly hate that phrase. Like, I can't with that because yeah. to me it's like, don't fake it, just be. But that makes sense for the first time ever for me that you were in your own head like I am an all-around. And you were in a way like you, you weren't manifesting it at all, but you were manifesting it through the preparation that you were putting in, if that makes sense, yeah. right? You were yeah. preparing for it because you yeah. wanted to become it, and you did. Yeah. And that's the first time that that phrase has made sense to me. So Yeah, um, I agree. I, don't love, I didn't love that phrase for the longest time because I was like, oh, fake it. Like, why would I fake anything? But, like, that's kind of how I think about it of, like, Again, it's not quite manifesting, but it's, I'm an all-arounder. Maybe I didn't compete all-around last year, but I am an all-arounder, so go act like one. <laughs> Just do it, you know? Wow. Wow, yeah, that, that's that's awesome and that, that you had that change, and you did take a leadership role there as well, so did that help? It definitely did. Again, like, that year was when our culture started being one of, we love each other, and I saw the leader that I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be someone that demanded respect because I feel like leadership is not something you can command or demand at all. It's something that, you know, people look up to you because of who you are as a person, who you are, you know, inside and outside the gym. And I wanted to be a good role model for everyone else. So I was like, if I just be myself and if I just, you know, be the best version of myself inside, outside of the gym, like whatever, I'm going to be the leader that I want to be. And I'm going to be someone like, I want to be someone that, people can come to for advice whenever like they need to that they can trust and I feel like I did that pretty well and I was like I know that I didn't my first two years here I didn't really have that person that I could look up to of like I want to be like her when I get older or I have a problem that I want to work through I want to go talk to her about it because I trust her advice and I didn't really have that and I was like I would want nothing more than to become that person and I feel like that was kind of like my leadership approach of like again I'm not going to demand that everyone listens to me during team meetings would it be nice yeah but I'm just gonna be myself and if I'm someone that they respect they're gonna come to me and they're gonna trust me and they're gonna listen to me yeah and that's what's it wow, that, that's awesome that that you found that way of doing things obviously it's hard having that example first of who you don't want to be but in a way it helps out a lot right like it's it's uh there's books and stuff like that of how to be a bad leader and it's like why would you want to do that? But having that example of what you don't want to be yeah. and then finding yourself is, is awesome. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think that leadership, like respect, is earned. It's not demanded. It's not asked for. So that's special. Um, your junior year. So we're, we're climbing, right? We're, we're, climbing. we're doing better. Um, again, you, you, you're doing better. You're in the all around now. You start getting time there. What was that experience like? Is it hard work paying off and your confidence starts to grow? Or, or what was that like for you? It definitely was that. I think I don't remember the most about my um, junior year, but I think I started my junior year just doing bars. I think I was sick for the first like meet or so. And then I came back and adjusted bars and then slowly added vaults. And then because it was it was gradual. I didn't just start all around immediately. Um but then started doing bars and vault pretty consistently. And then I remember, Kayana and I were talking about this the other day, um, she was jumping around before floor, and she rolls her ankle. And I'm first alternate. And I'm like, there's no way. I was like, there's no way she just did that. Because at that time, I was not confident in my floor ability at all. I was like, I would rather do anything else other than floor. Like, put me on beam before floor. I'm not good at floor. I'm scared of floor. Please, anything but this. Um... 
And she did that, and I was like, oh my god, this is not happening. And I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for floor. And, like, that was the one time where I couldn't be like, oh, I'm ready. Like, I'm an all-arounder. Like, you can say that as much as you want until the moment comes, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And, like, Liz looks at me, she goes, yep, you're in. And I'm like, oh, I'm, like, shitting myself. I'm like, this is not real. Um, but, again, I think having that opportunity and being forced to not forced, but you know what I mean, like forced to go out there and compete really did build my confidence throughout the rest of the season of like, no, I am an all-arounder. I can do this. And then um, competing all around actually collegiately for my first time ever, unfortunately, because I, I believe my teammate tore her ACL um, during warm-up that meet. Yeah. So we were involved. I think she tore her ACL, like just landed wrong. And we were like, oh crap. Um, and then I don't even know if I was alternate on beam, but they were like, you're up, you're going. Um, but competing all around for the first time since senior year of high school, and I think I won, was a pretty crazy experience for me. And it was a lot of confidence building, definitely. Yeah, like like I already previously mentioned, I've had <laughs> a good amount of these this week. And uh, two days ago, Cindo uh, was here, Matthew Sindrick, and we talked about the same thing, you know, like it's that... Tom Brady fairy tale story of there's an injury which is super unfortunate, yeah. but time to shine. Yeah, you've been working for this. Yeah. Hop in and see what happens, and it's a confidence booster, um, and it worked for you. I mean, you start doing way better. It, you're you get time, like I said, in the all around sixteen out of seventeen, like six for six volt, six for seven bars, two for two beam, two for two floor, which you show like that difference in the numbers, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, and things are going well for you. And we reach the point of a conversation that happens every single time. Right. That is, things are going amazing. Things are going perfect. Right. And then COVID hits. Right. What was that like for you? That, it was, I don't even know. It was just crazy. I think in the moment, obviously, we were like, oh, this sucks. Like, we were doing well as a team. We were top. 10, maybe top 15 at least. Like, 10, yeah. Top 10. Um, finally, like, we loved each other. So doing the gymnastics was fun. Performing was fun. And then everything is shut down, you know? And I think in the moment we were like, oh, this sucks. But looking back, I mean, obviously it wasn't a great experience, but our team that year was definitely going through a, quite a few injuries, as I mentioned. Like, I had a, another friend who hurt her elbow. We had, like, three knee surgeries, a broken foot. I think there were about seven people competing. And so for 24 routines. <laughs> That's never happened before. It's a ghost. Wow. <laughs> that has never happened before. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, you were saying? No, I'm sorry. Um, we had quite a few injuries. And so not like it was a blessing in disguise because COVID definitely was not a blessing. But at least it gave everyone time. Like... If we're going to look on the bright side, it gave everyone time to heal and kind of, like, get their body back in good condition because our team was pretty beat up by that point. Wow. Okay, uh, you're, you're the third gy- gymnast that has come here, and I hadn't heard of that story. I didn't know yeah. there was there were so many injuries, so... Yeah, I mean, it was just, like, a, it was one of those unfortunate years that, like, you yeah. know, what can you do? Yeah, because from what I understood, I thought you guys were headed to postseason very strong. Like, you guys... We're doing very well. I mean, we did mention yeah. you were top 10. Yeah. But with I that amount we, of injuries. Yeah, we definitely would have done well postseason, but, like, everyone was 
exhausted. But, like, again, we were a great team. Like, we could have done really, really well. So it was kind of like a, oh, bummer, this kind of sucks because for once, you know, we're doing well all season. We could make, we could do really well at Pac-12s. We're going to do well at regionals. We could make nationals easily, not easily, but we're a good enough team that we could really make nationals. Like, we're great. And then this shutdown happens, and it's like, oh, that sucks. But the one good thing is that everyone can finally rest. Yeah. So yeah. It's, just, it's like a balance. It's a balance, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And and what stood out the most for me that year is, like I said, one-year leadership. But the second one, Pac-12 Academic Honor Roll, Golden Bear Award for highest GPA on the team, Sports Person of the Year at the Cal Banquet. Like, little things like that, though, it shows, like, that you're adjusting, that you're starting to find your place, that you're starting to find home here. Yeah. I think it's it's the little things like that that reflect a lot you know um who you are on the team who you are as a person as a leader so that was nice to see and now comes the story that went on the pac-12 and everything of your double major oh goodness take take me through that like what what was going through your mind from what i've read it was um you took a micro econ class did not like it and then you were like you know, you know what like no more business what made you decide to try business i know you were like talking with uh your former counselor, M- Meredith, yeah. and, and she was just like, try it, but but why? What's your interest in business when you already have molecular and cell biology or MCB going yeah. for you? So, again, I both my parents work finance, so I've been growing up around the business world my entire life, been very familiar with it. You know, the news is always on, the Financial Times is always on the, the kitchen table, Wall Street Journal, all that stuff. Um, so, again, very big part of my childhood my dad likes to talk, so he'll always talk about, like, what he's doing at work or, like, what's going on in the world. Um, was always very exposed to it. Got to college, was like, I really love biology. I think it's super cool. Um, but I also like business, you know. I'm kind of in between both. I'm going to do the prereqs for biology because that's applicable anywhere. Like, I can I can always use a math. I can always use a physics. All that. I think biology, like, general biology is pretty cool. I can use it anywhere. Um... And then I was scared to apply to the Haas School of Business initially because I didn't want to force myself into a box of just business. Because I feel like once you're on the Haas track, it's like very just business. And I was like, I would like to be kind of more well-rounded. I still love biology, so I'm going to, you know, continue with this biology thing. Maybe I'll do econ. Again, took micro. Was like, ooh, this is not for me at all. I love math, but this is not for me. And I didn't even, like, it didn't even cross my mind that I could do both. Because it would just seem so ludicrous to be like, oh, I can do MCB and I can do Haas. Because those things, I just, it just never really came to me. And then Meredith was like, you could get, you could get a simultaneous degree. And I was like, well, it's too late. I missed my application point. It's my junior year. Like, I'm too late for this. Or it was my end of my sophomore year because I had to choose classes for junior year. And she's like, it's really not. Like, you could still apply and just be one year late. And I was like, you're, you're pulling my leg. Like, this is not real. And... I think a big part of my mentality is kind of, like, I want to go out with no regrets when, in whatever I do. And so I didn't want to pass up on this opportunity and regret not doing business ever. And I was like, okay, like, what do I have to lose? If I don't get into the Haas School of Business, I, what, what, like, wrote a couple extra essays, took an extra business class that I didn't need to take, took some stats that I should, probably should take. Like, what's the worst that can happen? It's not that bad. So I'm just going to try it. And if I get in, that's awesome. If I don't get in, I still have a major. 
And I think what drew me to business, again, like, exposed my entire life and just, this is probably not the best thing, but, like, I didn't really know what I was going to do with my biology degree. I love it. I think it's really interesting. I studied, uh, my emphasis was immunology and pathogenesis, but I was like, I don't want to, I don't think I really want to be a doctor and I don't really want to work in the lab. I think labs are cool, but I don't really have that kind of patience. Um, I kind of want to do something with my life that I see results. I always want to have a goal to work towards and like critically think through problems. And I think that's a big part of business is like you're presented with a problem and there's so many different ways that you can work through it, but like what is going to be the best one holistically? And that's a big part. I mean, that's a big part of business. And like, I love problem solving. And so that's kind of really what drew me to it and like what keeps me there. And so, yeah, that's how I'm. Tell me about that no regret mentality. Is that how you approach everything in life? Yes, it it is. Like, that is a really big part of what I do. And it's kind of like with gymnastics, too. Like, taking that fifth year. Like, my plan was, you know, four years of college gymnastics, and then I'm here for an extra year to do school. I'm going to be a team manager, whatever. Presented with the opportunity to take my fifth year, I was like, eh, like, can my body handle it? I don't know. Like, I've had this plan for so long. And then I was like, well, if I don't take it, I could be missing out on one of the best opportunities of my life to do something that I love for another year. So, but if I do take it and I feel like, and I realize that, you know, maybe I, my body can't do it, like, what's the worst that can happen? I just tell Justin and Liz, like, I'm sorry I tried, but, like, I can't do it. So, like, having a no-regret mentality is really big for me because, I want to, as cheesy as it sounds, like, live life to its fullest and really, like, take advantage of every single opportunity. It's like, that was applying to Haas. Like, I'm not, there's nothing to regret here. If I get in, I get in. If I don't, not a big deal. If I take my fifth year and I can't finish it, at least I tried. But if I don't take my fifth year, who knows what I could have done? Who knows what I could have been a part of? Where does this come from? Like, what inspires this or, or how did you learn this? Oh, God. I don't really know where that came from. I think... I think a big part of it was for my freshman year of college, to be honest. Um, And I feel like when I came in freshman year, again, we talked about earlier, I had a social life all of a sudden. And I felt like I was making mistakes left and right. I was like, oh, God, I'm, I'm messing up here and I'm messing up here and I'm ruining this friendship and whatever it was. And I felt pretty crappy about myself, you know? And I think that was a really big learning point for me learning that like I'm not making mistakes I'm learning a lot about myself and so that kind of translated into like I'm not going to regret anything I've done in the past because that made me who I am today and like everything that I feel like was a mistake my freshman year I don't regret it I don't regret any of it because I learned a lot about how I want to carry myself how I how I want to act what I what decisions I make And so I think that was a really big turning point for me and kind of creating that mentality of like, there, there are, I mean, there are no mistakes. They're just learning experiences. And I'm not going to regret anything I did because I've become the person I am and I like the person I am right now. Yeah. And that makes full sense, right? Because like you said, what's the worst that can happen if you fail, if you get rejected or whatever it may be, you're going to end up in the exact same place you are right now without trying, you know, like. I've learned so much through my guests on this podcast and I know quotes from different people that have just stuck with me and one of the ones that stuck with me at first 
was episode three just with Alicia Wilson and she said the exact same thing. It's it was it's far better to try and fail than not try at all and regret that. And that just stuck with me. Yeah. And it the exact same thing you're saying. Uh, yeah, I'm totally I totally agree with that. That's crazy. It's it's so interesting how you brought that up and, and just how you turned your lived experience as a freshman into that is insane. That's so awesome. During COVID uh, don't want to talk about COVID too much because it's getting too repetitive, but, like, what was your experience like with gymnastics? Because did you even go home? Because, I mean, home's 15 minutes away. You could stay here on campus. Like, what was yeah. that like for you? I So my roommate and I stayed on campus till finals were over because we were like, we're just going to stay here. We're going to study together. Um, we'll at least have each other as company. My parents obviously were like, please come home. And I was like, I'll see you when, like, I'll see you occasionally, but I need to be, like, locked in school still. Um, cause I didn't really know, it's hard when you move away from home and then you don't really know how to live at home again, I think. And so, at least for me personally, I was like, not that I don't know how to coexist with my parents anymore, but it was just different. Like, I was like, I just need to be in my school space right now. I need to be close to campus where I can like sit on campus, study outside. So I stayed on campus until finals ended. Um, my roommate and I would like try to stay active. We worked out outside. We worked out by like Lee Cushing, um, the track of Golden Bear, uh, we took walks together, stuff like that. Um, but it was very different because we couldn't get into the gym. And so I didn't get back into the gym till late June. Damn. It was like, yeah, it was long. Um, and funny enough, I was actually at Nev's gym because oh. her gym was one of the first ones to open. My club gym wasn't open. They weren't letting anyone in. But her gym was open, and I saw that she was training, and I was like, do you think I could you know, like, drive up there and train with you guys? And they were like, yeah, of course. They were so open. They were so welcoming. And it was it was good to be back in the gym, but it was definitely, like, I had never taken that long of a break before in my life. Like, we don't take breaks as gymnasts. The longest it'll take is, like, a week maybe. And all of a sudden it's, like, three and a half months later, I'm like, I don't know how to go upside down anymore. Like, I can barely do a standing back tuck, which is something that's so easy to us. And I'm, like, landing short, like, almost on my face. And I'm like, oh, God, what am I going to do? Um, so it's definitely an inexperience, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nev was saying the same thing, right, of soft hands with the calluses yes. and things like that. And I completely get it because I was telling her, well, we can stay fit by running or, like, we can kick a ball against the wall and things like that. But the equipment you guys have, like, it's the same thing with being retired now. Like, you just can't go in a gym and casually do that the same way yeah. you can just casually get a ball. Like, it's, yeah. it's not going to work that way. So... Yeah, that is that that is crazy. It took that long, but how was your schedule being on your own? Like, if if a normal week here is twenty hours, how many hours were you putting in per week, or were you not that consistent? Um, when I was working at Nev's gym, oh god, I, I was not that consistent. Um, I would go. So I had a couple other teammates from club that both came home, um, for COVID, and so three of us went, and at least we were able to hold each other accountable, but. We only went, like, three times a week, sometimes twice. And then it started, like, dwindling down to, like... Because they practice at 7 a.m., I think. So we had to leave at, like, 6.15. And so slowly it was like, oh, I don't think I could get up this morning. Like, sorry about that. Um, definitely not as consistent. And then we eventually got into my club gym, which was close for all of us. And so at least we were all able to not have to drive 45 minutes to get there. But we still only went in, like three days a week, I want to say, um, when we had time, and it definitely, it was a, it was very different, because again, 
20 hours a week to six, seven, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and then it was hard because we were training on our own. So we didn't have a coach. Sometimes the gym was just empty except for us three. And so it's like, how much do you really want to do after not being in the gym for three and a half months on your own? Yeah. It's like, oh, I really don't want to get hurt. Like, I'm going to stay in shape. I'm going to work on my basics. But I would rather not throw these massive skills with no one to supervise me. So it's just interesting. Yeah. No, that that's interesting. I know you guys come back in October. You're, you're back training with the coaches. Everything's going well. Um, no COVID spells up until then. No, right? No. no. Okay, so so you're good. But then you have what seems to me like the season of your life, you know, like the same thing as high school. It's replicated your senior year. You you go off. Um, I, I don't even want to dive into what ended up happening. Just like from your perspective, what changed? What happened? Like what what was it that resulted in this? That's a really good question, and I've also been thinking about, like, I don't know how I did that, because, again, I was, I'm pretty old now, I was pretty old last year, like, I feel like typically you don't peak your senior year, but I think somehow it was just a continuation of the previous season of my junior year, and it was nice because, again, over the summer we didn't have a lot of supervision, but I was able to play with a lot of skills. I think I was able to find, like, a more playful side to gymnastics for that time being and then kind of brought that with me back to my senior year I was like oh I want to try this and like I played with this over the summer let me try this um and so just kind of like rekindling not like I ever lost joy for the sport I didn't but just like it was a lot stronger when I came back and I think a big part of our at least my last year was be grateful be grateful that you have this opportunity to go out there and compete be grateful that you're able to spend time with other people, like your teammates, your coaches, and like that was my social interaction right there. And so, I again, I think as my senior year in high school was more of like, have fun. I still wanted to have fun my senior year, but an added layer of just be grateful. And I think that helped take pressure off of the performance and just like you go out there, you do what you know how to do. And again, I thought that that was my last year of gymnastics. So I was like, give it your all every single day and I think the results kind of I guess kind of spoke for themselves they definitely did I mean it, it, you received your first regular season All-American which is awesome Pac-12 first team on bars six wins 11 top threes pretty pretty good and again again with UW you placed the high on on okay. bars the 995 that's that's a great score um you had 995 versus UW Nine nine on bars at Pac twelves, um nine nine bars at regionals and on vault which you were a champion on, um and then at NCs you had a nine eight five on bar on vault and nine eight on bars, a question, from my conversation with Ugo yesterday, we talked about how important moments are. He mentioned to me that last summer he competed in Tokyo. Before that, he competed in Europeans, and in between, there was just uh, an international meet in Barcelona that he was in. He posted his best time in Barcelona, but that meet, nobody cared about, because it's either Europeans or the Olympics. Nobody cared about that meet in between, and he was like, damn, like... My time was insane. Like that would have that would have been top five in the Olympics, which yeah. he was still a finalist in. But he was like, 
that would have been insane. But nobody cared because it wasn't in the Olympics. And how much can you relate to this? Because I know it's different. Yeah. His is much more objective versus you guys with the judges and things yeah. like that. But nine nines and then a nine eight five yeah. regionals and sees like how much is in the moment for you. Yeah, that's really interesting because like. I also think about that because sometimes you're like, oh, I just had the best meet of my life, but it's just this, like, regular home meet. And then you go to these big meets and you're like, oh, I didn't do as well as I could have. And I think, at least personally for me, I try not to dwell on things like that because I know that if I do think about that, I'm going to bring myself into a downward spiral of, like, oh, I suck, I didn't do well, like, I let my team down, like, all that stuff. And so it's like, at the end of the day, like, I think your performance is based on I mean, it's not, but, like, for me, it's, like, it's how I feel. If I can go out there and, like, I can give it my all and at least be proud of what I did, then it's okay. Like, I I try not to put too much pressure on moments that are seemingly more important than others. And, like, you know, sometimes it happens. You can't control it. Like, regionals is a very important meet. You have to qualify to nationals. But if you try and go into it with the same mentality as every other meet of, like, be grateful, have fun, just do what you know how to do, and you give it your all, like, again, that's really nothing to regret. And, like, maybe your score isn't as good as you know it can be, and that's something you're like, that sucks, but that's also something you can work on. So it's it's kind of one of those things that I really, I try not to spend, like, give too much energy to, because I know if I do, it's just going to drag me down, you know? Yeah, it's, it's focusing on the things you can control and ignoring the rest, and you control the effort, but not the results, yeah. right? And... Yeah, that, that's exactly what you're saying, and it, it seems so much more peaceful and as if it attracts more success yeah. that way, um, which is awesome to see. I was just asking because um, what Ugo said yesterday is the first time that I've ever considered that success is preparation and opportunity, like, because I had never realized, like, for your sports, you guys really depend on specific events and moments and versus soccer like you you're just playing obviously there's the final or playoffs or in season but it's 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 very um n- not much is going to change from one game to another on yeah. performance is the point i'm trying to make um with what you can control do you ever get annoyed at, at judges because it, it like for me i can't imagine my score depending on something the ref or, or something yeah. like that. So, like, with the judges, how do you how do you cope with that? It definitely happens. Um, I mean, one example I can think of this year is we went to Ohio State, and we had what I would consider a great bar rotation. And, you know, usually we get 985 plus, a lot of 99s, because we're a great bar team. We have a great had a great bar coach. She actually just left to be the UCLA head coach. Um, but we were getting 97s, and we were like, what the heck? And, like... That's one of those things where we're all collectively frustrated. And it's like, that sucks. Like, this is unfair. Even the coaches were like, what is going on? But it's unfortunate because there's really nothing you can do to control it. And the only thing you can control is your attitude towards it. And so, you know, took our grips off. We're like, we're better than this. Like, we're better than the scores they gave us. We did a great, we know we did a great job. We're better than the scores they gave us. Move on to the next event. And the beam team, because we went to beam next, the beam team, like, knocked it out of the park, I think. I don't know if they use that motivation because I wasn't on beam, but, like, it seemed like they kind of used that as motivation and, like, fueled themselves and just was, like, we're great. We deserve to be here. We deserve to get high scores. Let's do it. Um, and, again, like, it's hard because you can't control that. But, again, if you don't give it the time of day, 
you can't let it like you really just can't let it affect you there's honestly too many things that go on during a competition like you just like can't give what the judge thinks any extra energy because you have to expend it so much on yourself and so much on the team that it's like it's almost not worth it like you could complain about it and moan about it after but during the moment it's like there's nothing i can do move on it's the same thing in soccer, right? If you're going to be complaining to the referee, is that going to change his decision? Yeah. It's not. If you're going to be complaining to the judges about a 9-7 instead of a 9-8-5 plus, it's not going to make them change the score. So it, it is what it is, and you just have to accept it and focus on what you can actually control. Exactly. And, like, scoring is definitely a big thing in gymnastics, obviously, but it's, like, typically scores in the SEC are higher than scores in the Pac-12. So it's, like, then they are they're all ranked higher. And I don't want to say that they don't deserve it because they're great gymnasts. Like, I respect everyone who does gymnastics collegiately, but it's just, like, you see someone do, a, like, a wobble on beam that should have been three-tenths and they only take a tenth off. And you're like, well, if I did that wobble here, I'd get three-tenths off. So, like, why aren't you taking it over there? It's just, it's just hard because it's so subjective to, like, what the judge wants to take. It's like, well, you can't control that, unfortunately, but... It is what it is. Yeah, I definitely saw that with the SEC in comparison to the Pac-12 and many people talking about that, but you can't control it. So it is what it is. Um, when did you find out that you were going to do a fifth year? I know there was a, a big announcement between you, Emmy, uh, Kayana. So yeah. when, when did you realize, like, hey, I'm going to do the fifth year? And after such an amazing senior year, why? Like, what kept you going again? Yeah. Was it, I mean, like, the no regret mentality, like, in this case... You already left it all out there, so yeah. so why 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 the fifth year? Um, so I think I think the announcement that the NCAA made was around November. I want to say that they were like winter sports have an extra year of eligibility, and I remember I was in my kitchen, I was like making breakfast, and I someone sent me the article, and I was like, no way, like this isn't real. This is winter, twenty twenty. Correct before season, they made the announcement. They're like you have an extra year of eligibility. I was like, oh, cool. Like, kind of seemed like a fever dream. Like, yeah, whatever. And then we had our end of the season, or end of semester meeting with my coaches. And they were like, by the way, you have this extra year of eligibility. We would love to have you back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like, I'll think about it. I think it'll be super cool. It depends on how my body feels. And my coaches were like, you can definitely tailor tailor your gymnastics to how you feel. Like, if you just want to be a bar specialist involved, like, or just bars, like, that's fine. Funny enough, I wasn't, which I hold over their heads every day. But um, I was like, okay, I'll think about it. And I think, I think having the season I did, especially with the team that we had, made my decision for me. Like, there was never a moment where I, like, went up to Justin Liz and was like, I'm doing my fifth year. I think by the end of my senior year, it was kind of a given that I was coming back because while we didn't have any fans, while it was hard to train in the gym with a mask on and everything, it was so worth it because of the people that I was surrounded by. I was like, I, this team is incredible. I want nothing more than to be a part of this group of people for one more year. And again, like the no regret thing was a big part of my mind. I like, I know I left it all on the floor my senior year, I, I, I'm proud of how I did. I think that was probably my best season. But I know that I can contribute more to this team, and I would love to be a part of its continued success, and I might as well do it, you know? 
It's just like it's just the people you surround yourself with. I think that made that made the decision so easy. It wasn't even like it really was never a decision for me. It was kind of a given. Like I'm gonna come back for fifth year. I'm just gonna do it. Obviously, like of course I'm gonna do it. That's so awesome that you guys have that team culture that inspires that within you, and it's like how not to want to come back. And you ended up playing a crucial role, which was already obvious with the leadership, right? But you guys did have a few injuries, some COVID cases, some other personal issues that came up, and you did, again, step up the role of the all-around. And I know, like I, I saw that you had said that you wanted to tailor it down, and that was definitely not the case. Not the case. I definitely did more gymnastics this year than I have ever done in my entire life. Because it was so funny, because I was, like, training, and I was, like, my, even my trainer came up to me. She's like, so when are you going to retire floor and beam? I was like, yeah, good question. I don't know. Like, maybe soon. Never happened. Yeah. You, you went 31 for 33, 11 for 11 on vault, which is your favorite. Fin finally <laughs> happened. 11 out of 12 on bars, 1 for 1 on beam, and 8 out of 9 on floor. That is an entire package season right there. That is a way to go out with no regrets. Yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah, I've, I have no regrets on my career at this point. Like, I'm proud of how I did last year. I'm proud of my entire career. I'm proud of the team. There's just nothing more I wish I did, honestly, at this point. Yeah, and I feel like like what was said um, with the double um, degree article, um, like the way your teammates describe you, it's with one word, which is superwoman, right? Like, they always say that. Um, it was Abby that said that uh, if she could be half as cool as you or that she wants to grow up to be just like you. And I feel like that's the role that you were playing as a fifth year. Like, it, it was, like, Nina the leader in a way or, or Nina, like, our inspiration that keeps us going and things like that. And you could tell, like, with the passion that you were competing and, and everything, you know, I think it it definitely did have a different tone to it and... Although it wasn't, like, at the same level that it was your senior year, you definitely had to step up and take one for the team, quite literally, like, body-wise. And, oh, yeah. and you did it. I think you, like, again, I'm not the coach. I'm not, like, pretending to know everything. But from how I interpret it from outside, you stepped up to that role, and that's so crucial in the team. Yeah, no, it was... It was a really good year, and I, again, as a leader, I just want to be a good role model, and I want to be an inspiration for, especially the underclassmen who are just getting to college, and, I mean, I know how I felt as an underclassman. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I wanted to be. I didn't feel like I had anyone to look up to, and I just kind of want to be that example of, like, you could do this and more. Like, you could be so great here. You can do whatever you want, find your passion, follow your heart, do whatever, and, like, you're gonna love it like college should be so fun and I just want everyone to have like the best college experience they could possibly have yeah that's so awesome that's awesome um towards the end you pushed through it one last time how is that like an injury right before pack 12s oh, and God. and then you battled through it at regionals what was like what was that like that oh god so it was the day that we were gonna leave for regionals it was Thursday I was doing a floor routine. I remember I was exhausted that day. I was like, I don't know if I, like, even Justin came up to me. He's like, you don't have to vault if you don't want to. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, I can vault. I'm just going to finish this floor routine and I'm going to go to vault. Finish my assignments. Last pass, do my pass, roll my ankle into my, like, I just punched, rolled my ankle and was like, crap. And it felt like, I think, it was, it was really hard for me because I was like, I don't want to go out this way. 
I did not come back for fifth year. I did not do all this gymnastics to go out on a rolled ankle. Like, this is so dumb. And so, um, it was Pac-12's training day. I didn't do anything, didn't do any landings. And then for Pac-12's, the actual competition day, I was like, I'm gripping up and I'm going to do my dismount and I'm going to at least be an alternate, like, be an option for the team. And I think, I don't, like, looking back on it, I have no idea how I did that. And then continue to train for like regionals I don't know it's just a crazy experience and like I remember talking to Justin Liz at Pac-12s and I was like my goal is to not compete Pac-12s and then I'm gonna come back on vault and bars for regionals like I'm just gonna push those two events in the gym and then that's it and they were like okay so I get back into the gym like Monday or Tuesday and I'm doing bars Liz and then Liz I, I finish bars I go to beam and Liz has me do like Instead of beam, she has me do dance moves on floor. And I was like, why is she having me do dance moves on floor? Like, I'm not trying to come back on floor. I'm doing these dance moves on floor. And in my head, I'm like, no way. There's no way I'm going to give up right now. Like, there's absolutely no way. So I go up to her and I'm like, Liz, <laughs> before regionals, I'm going to come back on all four events. And she was like, okay. And that was it. And I was like, if I'm going to go out on any sort of note, I need to give it my all. Like, if I didn't want, like, obviously we wanted to make nationals, but I was like, if regionals is my last meet, or regardless if regionals is my last meet, I'm going to give it my all. So I'm going to train all four events, and, like, we tape the crap out of my ankle, and by the end, like, right before regionals, like, our last training day, I did floor routine on the floor, and was like, this is it. Just, I have no, like, I have nothing to regret now because I've done it all. I don't know, it was just, it was a crazy push. I don't, like, again... I'm not quite sure how I did it or why I did it. Like, everyone, like, all my teammates were like, you're actually insane. Like, you're going to mess up your foot. And I was like, doesn't matter. I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for the team because I want to be, I want to help as much as I can. But also, like, personally, I want to give it my all. Like, I think a big part of me is, like, I like pushing myself. And I was like, I want to push myself as hard as I can right now. And, like, not prove to myself, but just just do it, you know? That's so powerful. That's so awesome that, that you were able to do that. Like, congrats on an insane career from what you called being a bad gymnast to being an All-American to pushing like this at the end. I think it just shows your character and who you are as a person, and that's awesome. Um, we're coming up on time, but from what you were mentioning with uh, pushing yourself... I mean, you did that as a gymnast, but you were a simultaneous degree during that time. You're going to commencement tomorrow. You were graduating in a few days from both. What was that like with time management, with your daily life, sacrifices? Take me a bit through that if you can. It was definitely very difficult. And again, looking back, I have no idea how I did it. Like... Everyone's always like, oh, how do you do this? Like, can I get some tricks and tips? And I'm like, I studied all day. Like, I would, I liked to put my classes all back. Oh, sorry. You're good, you're good, you're good. All back to back. So then I would have the rest of the day to do things. So I'd have like three, four, five hours of class back to back. And then I would just study for the rest of the day. And it's like, there's no like, unfortunately, there's no secret formulas to, you know, how you can do it. But again, with the pushing myself thing, I think that's something that's so important to me. Like, I don't do it for anyone else. At the end of the day, like, I'm pushing myself for myself, and I love, I love pushing limits. And so, like, I, I don't know. It's just, like, just study. Like, I would just sit down, bring out my notes, and just study. And I hate, in like, 
work that's not complete. And so if I'm, like, rewatching a lecture, I have to finish the whole thing. Or if I'm going through a chapter, I have to do the whole thing. There's no, like, oh, let me take a break and come back to it later. It's like, no, 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 let me get it done right now so I can take a break later. And so I think that's also a big part of, like, how I was able to keep up with my academics because I was like, I just got to get it done right now or else I'm going to feel so incomplete with it. I'm going to stress about it. And so that, I mean, firstly for me, that's what worked really well, just sitting down and doing it all at once with no breaks. But I know that doesn't work for everyone. You're an all or nothing type of girl. And yes. that's, <laughs> I can relate to that as well. And even like from the start to finish thing, like even with little things and it pisses my brother off a lot at times, but it's like, we're watching a YouTube video, we're watching a, a, some movie or something and it's bad. It's like, we started like we have to finish yeah. reading a book. I don't like it. The advice that many people give is just drop it. I have to finish have it to finish or like it. podcast, same thing. And it's, it's, I'm sure there's some OTD in me that's oh, keeping me, keeping me like, like that. But yeah, I can relate to that. Um, did, do you have any interest outside? I know you were a tutor. I know you were an NCAA rep, a student employee. Like, how and why did you do that on top of your crazy schedule? Oh, God. I was... Okay, so I was a tutor because I... I took classes with a lot of, like, of my my class. So, like, uh, that sounded really terribly. But, like, three of us were MCB majors. So we all kind of took the same classes. And I found myself... Not that they always needed help, but I found myself when they do when they did need help, being able to explain things really well, and also learning a lot while explaining. So I was like, you know what? I I feel like I kind of I'm, I'm kind of good at this. I think I'm gonna try and help people because I I know this material and I know I can help them and I know what works for me, and I want to be able to synthesize synthesize this information into something concise that they can get that's gonna help them in their test scores and make them feel more confident. So like that's why I became a tutor. I really liked it. I did it. For about, I think I only did it for a semester because then season hit and I was just like overloaded. And I was like, I think I've put too much on my plate. Um, so that's why I became a tutor. I really liked it. Um, it was a really good experience. It helped me learn a lot. Um, I was a part of GBAC. They call it GBAC for all. It's SAC now, but it's just a team rep. You know, it's like something you do freshman year, freshman, sophomore year. They're like, oh, be a team rep. And I'm like, okay. Um, I, I feel like I could have participated more, but I was, I was really shy when I came to college, like very introverted. I would have never been able to sit down and have this podcast with you. Um, and so I was kind of like a fly on the wall on that. I wish I did more because I, it was really interesting and I wanted to be a part of the student athlete community, um, and like really share my voice, but I just didn't really have a voice back then. But, um, that's why I did that. I also coached on the side at my club gym. They asked me to coach. For, t- for a while, I was cl- coaching the club team, and I re- uh, yeah, the club team, and I really liked it because they were some of my old teammates. Um, I didn't have the responsibility of, like, taking them to competitions, but it was nice to just, like, watch them enjoy doing gymnastics as club, like, as club athletes. Um, and, yeah, I think, was that it? Did I hit all of them? Yeah, you did. Yeah. That's awesome. I worked facilities, too, for UC Berkeley. That was just, like, a kind of a fun side thing. Like, you could sign up for shifts when you wanted to, but... It was a lot of fun, like, running around Haas, like, having to lock all the doors or, like, put the hoops up for the basketball team, stuff like that. It was, like, a side thing. The last question on that topic, do you get any sleep? No. Oh. <laughs> um, not as much as I should. I'm definitely a night owl. I like, if I'm doing homework, I like doing it at night. I do a lot of things at night. And then I'm kind of a forced morning person now because we have practice at 8 a.m. And then for a while we had practice at 7 a.m. But it's like, 
I don't know. I don't sleep a lot. And it's weird because I'm a really, like, I'm a night person, but I also like getting up early in the morning and, like, working out first thing and then starting my day. Like, that's so satisfying to me. Like, let me get my body moving and then sit down and study or, like, go run errands or whatever it is. So it's like, oh, I, and I also don't, like, one thing about me is, like, I don't like taking naps. I respect everyone who takes naps. I think they're awesome. Um, but it happened. it's, like, the same thing with, like, unfinished work. It's like, yeah, I could sleep now for an hour, but I also could be doing work right now, and then I could sleep more later at night. <laughs> but what happens is I'm like, oh, I could do that, and then I end up doing work, and I end up not sleeping any earlier at night. But I, it's like a weird mentality. You're thing. go, 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 nonstop. I, I am go, 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 and like it's, again, I had my crisis the other day because I was like, I'm not going anymore. Like, what do I do with my time? Like, I'm retired. There's nothing I can release my energy on. And, like, it's funny when, when, like, spring break hits or when Thanksgiving or Christmas break hits, I'm like, I, I have so much time, what do I do? Like, it's, I don't know, I need to find some hobbies, clearly. I mean, that's not going to last too long because you're starting work soon and I that's going to be amazing. Congratulations, it's Goldman Sachs market risk analyst. That's amazing. Um, yeah, well, we'll see how, how that goes for you in we terms will. of your free time right oh, now. Oh, I know. But you're definitely prepared for that, so congratulations on Thank that. Uh, to close off, I just have last three questions. Um, your thoughts on failure? I think failure is a very important learning experience. I. That's a really interesting question. Um I think personally, I'm hard on myself when I perceive things as failure, but at the same t- it's like a weird mentality of like, I'm really hard on myself, but at the same time, I'm like, it's whatever. Like people fail, you get back up, you start again. It's hard, but if you have enough drive and passion for something, like it's not failure. I think if you give it your all, it's not failure. I think failure is kind of how you define it at the end of the day. And I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, that's powerful. How you define it, for sure. Um, what's your definition of success? Oh, that's a very, I think that's a very personal thing. I mean, not that I'm like not willing to share, but I think success is defined on how you want to define it. And I think once you get caught up in the weeds of how other people define success and what they think is good and what they think is bad, that's kind of when you, like, spin yourself down into this rabbit hole. Um, but at the end of the day, I, like, at least for me, if I'm successful, I'm, I'm happy. I'm enjoying myself. I'm surrounded with the people that I love and the people that I care about. And, like, that is my success. That's awesome. Feeling fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah, everybody does have their own thing. And like you said, you can define failure and you can define success. And I think that's powerful. I haven't gotten that answer yet, so that's really? awesome. Yeah. Last one, what's your biggest fear as a leader? My biggest fear as a leader, I think, is ending up as a leader that I don't want to be, someone that I would never look up to. And I I don't want to sound too proud of myself, but like I don't think I'm going to become that because I know what that is. But I would hate to be someone that demands respect and that people don't respect. And I don't want to ever be in a position where I'm forced into a leadership position that I'm not qualified for. I think I have a lot of imposter syndrome to a certain extent. It's like, 
am I really ready for this? Do people really respect me? Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's hard to, I think, put into words my biggest fear as a leader, but I don't want to end up being too proud ever of who I am. I think I just staying humble and staying grounded and putting other people first is something that I really like to focus on and I never want to lose touch of who I am as a leader and as a person. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's very powerful, especially with your overall story and um, with, jeez, um, what was I going to say, with the imposter syndrome that you mentioned. I mean, you've mentioned that you've dealt with that, but you've overcome it so many times now, so I'm sure you'll do the same and continuously in whatever it is that leads up, but I'll share something with you, like something that I did mention with Christian, actually. Um, it's similar to what Meredith said in that article, right? That if Cal had more Ninas, we'd be winning academically and athletically without a doubt. And they're right, you know, Christian and I were talking about it. We're like, it's it's weird how society like sees it right now, but I think that the type of person you are is extremely underrated. Like, it's super easy to see the poster athletes and the champions and this and that, but like the simultaneous degree and being this type of leader and the energy you bring and things like that, I think is extremely underrated. It's like the type of person I like to preach to the most, right? It's that scholar athlete because it's not the sexiest. It's not the most attractive thing to do to put in that much work and that much dedication. But once you're in there, it's a different level. And I think it requires a different breed and what you're doing in that sense. I mean, your job and your resume, it's, it's, it, it's a reflection of it, but I don't think enough people understand that until it's too late of, oh, wow, look how successful Nina is. And it's like, yeah, no shit. Look at how much time she spent working. But I think that the process, and Christian and I were talking about that, it's so underrated, and I don't think it should be overlooked at all. And like I said, first time we meet, but it's super noticeable. So wherever it is life takes you, don't think it doesn't go noticed because it definitely does. And I'm glad I got to know your story a bit more. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really enjoyed talking to you. It's my pleasure. Um, anything we missed? Anything you want to touch on? I think you touched on everything perfectly. Perfect. So we'll leave it at that. Congratulations again. Amazing career and graduation in, in the next few days. Thank you so much. Well, to everyone that watched on YouTube or listened on Spotify, thank you guys so much. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, please follow the podcast. And that's it for today. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. That's it. Awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. It's, <laughs> it's, why, it's why we celebrate these lives here. <laughs> it must be really cool talking to all these, like, it's insane. Athletes. Wow, I don't know what I just did. Okay. You're good. You can just leave it at that. Um, because everyone has such different stories. It is. It, it's my pleasure, honestly, and I don't know why not enough people are doing it. Um, so that's why I do it, because I think that we take it for granted having this many people that are great around us. And it's like, yeah, I am not going to take that for granted at all. So I was just thinking about that the other day, because you were at the, the luncheon. 
Yes. Right? And, and like, yeah. you're, by the way, congratulations Thank you. for getting that. You deserve that. Thank you. Um, but I was like, talking to someone after, I was like, we surround ourselves with these people every single day, but you don't really know what they do. And then sitting there, listening to everyone's achievements, I'm like, this is incredible. This is actually so cool. Alright, I'm going to show you this. Let's see. So, I text my parents, right? Mm -hmm. Family group chat. Let's see. So, I mean, it's in Spanish, but I text them that I got an award, unexpected, blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. But I took this picture. Wow, yeah. There's just people there. And to me, it's, I was on the other side. I was uh -huh. all the way over here. I go up on stage, my teammates are here. I sit with them. Uh -huh. And I have this right here. And I look around. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I'm in a room of people that are on my list that I haven't met, that I haven't DM'd, that, like, all these different things, people that I admire so much. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, like, I just won something in front of all of them. I just yeah. won something that all of these people could have gotten as well and deserve as well. Like, I was, it, it hit me up until I saw the room from that angle and I saw everyone in there that like, wow. Like a year ago, a year ago, none of this would be happening, right? Like the people there, I only admired and looked up to and secretly, and that's the thing, I'm not scared of saying it anymore. Yeah. I think many people are, like, oh, yeah, these they're very cool or this. Like, I don't mind saying it. Yeah. I don't mind celebrating it. I don't mind being open about it. But I don't think enough people are. And that, like, limits the greatness, you know, because yeah. I, that's my conclusion. Like, I left that place and I was thinking about it. And it was like, greatness inspires greatness. Like, yes. I felt super happy with the award. But I was sitting next to Cam Rogers the entire time. And it's like... That's awesome. Like, Cam is... She's incredible. She's insane. Cam is insane. And it was like... I met her mom for the first time there as well. And I was just like, wow. Like, greatness inspires greatness. The room alone inspired me. And I was like... Yeah. Yeah, this is amazing. Like, I left there. Instead of wanting to celebrate, it was like... It's time to put in more work for next year. Because I want to be in that situation again. And yeah. Guys I, I looked up to, like, people I looked up to, even in that room, just in that room, yeah. was crazy to me. So, that was definitely very, very special. Yeah, it was a really awesome experience. Yeah. Like, surround yourself with people who inspire you. I think that's one great thing about being at Berkeley in general, is, like, everyone wants to be better, especially as a student-athlete. Like, you don't come here because it's easy, you know, so you're surrounding yourself with people who also want to push themselves to be the best version of themselves, inside, outside playing field whatever it is so it's just it's a great experience yeah it's a constant challenge i haven't stopped recording so i may <laughs> leave that part on because i was pretty sick but but no i mean i think it is what makes berkeley very special yeah and we unfortunately take it for granted yeah um we think everybody's like this but i've seen some people from different schools got in to hang out with them and things like that and that is not the case everywhere we are literally living in the one percentile like top yeah. percentile so i don't think we can take it for granted but that is why i do this that is why i get to know people get to know their stories their stories also help me like what i was talking about here um what i go through i like find that inspiration through others yeah. um get those little quotes save them in my memories 
I'm able to reference people all the time. Like, yeah. and this is how I am. Like, I was getting coffee with a friend the other day, um, and she was just like talking about normal things, and I was like referencing like different athletes here and. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's, really that's awesome. how I gain my inspiration and thoughts. That's but. really cool. To pick people's brains. It, it's fun to see how people work. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to my podcast and follow me on my personal social media accounts for more. All at Fer Andraes. All links are in the description. If this episode inspired you in any way, please help me out by sharing it with a friend to help them leave their dent in the universe as well. That's it for today. I'll see you all next time.